Hello, my name is Nicole Van Gelder, and I want to welcome you to Choosing Happily Ever After, a podcast that focuses on values and practical tools that help us to have peace, joy, and confidence so that we can create our own happy homes and lives, no fairy godmother required. Today, we are continuing our communication series. And so if you haven't listened to the last couple of podcasts, I want to encourage you to do so as I've shared some values and tips that help with healthy and fun communication as well as some practical skills. And so I'm going to jump right in with sharing a few more things that will help you to flourish in your communication. by talking about reactive versus proactive communication. All right, reactive communication is often emotional. So this communication is happening because of a situation or circumstance, and it's often negative, not always, but often negative. And because of this, it's difficult for negative emotion not to drive it. The tone of the communication happens to normally be negative like it's anger it's confusion it's sadness now it's not bad to have conversations that have anger confusion or sadness in them but when it is reactive in nature often the conversations happen at inopportune times and lead to bad results because they're being driven by emotion because there isn't clarity of purpose of what's trying to be accomplished because it's happening right now because the emotion is demanding it, not because circumstances are actually lending themselves to you being able to have the time to have the conversation that's necessary. Reactive communication is often known by another name, and that name is fighting. (laughs) How many of you have ever had a reactive conversation? Maybe some of you just today have had it. I joke sometimes that I am somebody who used to think, at least, that I would shy away from conflict, but somehow with my husband, I would actually chase him around the house (laughs) in order to have it, right? I would force the reactive communication because I was allowing the emotion of my moment to dictate my actions instead of the reverse, So that's reactive communication, proactive communication. um, This is what it sounds like. It's proactive in nature. When we're being proactive, we're not responding to emotion, but we're also not eliminating emotion. We're just allowing it to be expressed in a healthy manner. You know, it is okay for the people you are connected with, and it's good and healthy and necessary even for the people you are connected with to know about your emotional state, to know when things are happy, when things are sad, when you are angry or upset or confused about something. But when you are communicating this in a proactive way, then you're going to be doing it in a healthy manner that allows connection to thrive, even in the midst of perhaps conflict or difficult circumstances. When you're being proactive, you're going to be giving conversations the best chance of success because you're going to have put thought and care into them because there's going to be the proper time and setting for them. 
Sometimes communication just can happen along as it comes up, but very often it's actually helpful to schedule it, to make an appointment, to make a meeting so that there is the proper time for it. And if necessary, if it's a bigger conversation than is able to be handled in one moment, that you have a series of those things planned. But so this issue isn't hijacking your life before it gets resolved, but instead you are being proactive about resolving it. You are being proactive about the communication, about the connection. So proactive communication is a really important part of a healthy life because it's going to be giving you the peace of mind that you need because you're being proactive with issues that need to be addressed, but it's also going to be protecting your relationships because they're not going to be thrown here and there based on emotion but instead they're going to be protected and there's going to be intimacy that's going to be cultivated. And there's just so many healthy things that come out of being proactive. So learn to recognize the difference between reactive and proactive communication. And as much as you possibly can, choose to be proactive in your communication instead of reactive. Another thing that is helpful in creating healthy communication in your life is to recognize and learn and value your communication style and personality. All right. So you are going to communicate differently than people around you. You're going to communicate differently than anybody in the world (laughs) because you are a different person. Now there's going to be things that are more like you in, in certain other people, you know, you're going to have similar characteristics, but the way we communicate is shaped by how we're wired internally, by our natural styles, and also by the environment that we grew up in, by our background, by the tools that we've learned. There's just so many things that shape our communication styles, and it is good to recognize and to be honest, to be sober-minded about yourself, to learn about it, and to be willing to grow. You don't have to be defensive about where your communication is at. Maybe you really excel in other areas, but struggle in others. That's okay. That's natural. That's how pretty much everybody is. You know, maybe you struggle across the board. Maybe you've spent a lot of time growing your skills. Like just be sober minded and, and be willing to be honest about where you're at and uh, about how you're wired Um, and about maybe the environment that you came from and how it, you know, impacted you. Um, Because the more honest you are and the more you accept this about yourself, the more you're going to be able to get tools that will help you to grow. Because as I mentioned before, communication is more of a learned behavior than a natural one. So you can get better at communication the whole rest of your life (laughs) And this is really good news because it means that you're going to continue to grow and your relationships are going to grow and flourish and get better and better and deeper the longer you live. And that's what we all want to have. So be honest, be sober-minded, and be willing to learn and to grow. Another thing in communication that is helpful to you is to remember that communicating is more than just about words. You communicate with your whole body. It's both what you say and how you say it. And so it's important for you to be aware of that because you could be communicating 
a message to people with your face that you're not intending to. You know, so so be active at growing in communication skills, and that is spoken communication skills and the unspoken ones too, because we do communicate with our whole body. And so learn, teach yourself how to smile, <laughs> teach yourself how to make eye contact with people, teach yourself how to to be aware of the tone of voice that you're using, like grow across the board, not just in, you know, specific how you use your words, but grow holistically when it comes to communication. Now, with this said about communicating with your whole body, I just want to add one little side note in here is that you need to grow in how you communicate across the board. And it's true that you communicate with more than just words, but be careful about ascribing motive to other people based on things that aren't said. Clarify, ask questions. So that means that even though you might be picking up a vibe that somebody is upset, don't assume that they're upset. Instead, ask them, you know, are you feeling upset? No, I'm not feeling upset. Why? Oh, well, because I just thought the expression on your face. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just thinking about this. I was kind of distracted or, oh, no, there was nothing to it. You know, like, like ask the question. So learn how to be communicating clearly and well with your whole body, not just with your words, but don't assume that other people are communicating something when it's not what they're actually saying with their words. Always clarify, always ask. You know, it's interesting because Malcolm Gladwell, in one of his books, he talks about the disconnect in this area, how as people, we assume that we know what is happening inside of somebody just based on their expression, just based on what's happening. In fact, he said that sitcoms have helped to reinforce this in us. <laughs> and they did a study apparently where they took episodes of Friends without sound. So when people weren't hearing any of the dialogue, but they were still able to accurately describe how somebody was feeling in the episode just based on their nonverbal communication. This is good news if you're an actor because people who were trying to be happy looked happy. It wasn't just their dialogue that they were given or sad or angry or whatever. Like you could tell just based on what they were portraying physically. Now, this is good news for the actors that they did this well. But in real life, we're not working from a script. We're not going through and actually on purpose always thinking about what it is that we're displaying non-verbally. And so it can cause a lot of heartache for us to assume. And in fact, it does because we make assumptions about strangers. And this is what Malcolm Gladwell was talking about. But we don't just do it with strangers. We do it with people that we know and love too. We make assumptions and it's never good to make an assumption. Instead, it's okay to recognize nonverbal clues, but instead of assuming and responding to them, ask questions, clarify, you know, so that you can make sure that you're not just misunderstanding where it is that they're coming from or something that's happening. Because we can create a whole scenario in our head that is not based on anything. It leads to so much heartache. We're insecure. We're sure someone's upset with us. We feel uncomfortable. Like we create all kinds of crazy stuff in our head. So, so don't do that. 
Instead, ask questions and clarify. A few other practical tips when it comes to communication. Believe the best in the person that you're communicating with. This is both a value and a practical help. Believe the best in somebody else. Train your brain to believe the best. It goes along with what I was saying. It's so easy to assume negatively and create this whole reality in our head that isn't actually true. Sometimes when they are communicating with us with spoken words, if we have an assumption that's not positive, that's not believing the best, it can cause all kinds of unnecessary heartache. This is especially important during arguments or times of heightened emotion, but you're going to find that even if you're wrong sometimes in believing the best in other people, that it is a value that you want to live by, that it's going to enhance your communication and it's going to enhance your life because you are going to relate to people and you are going to relate to the world differently if you believe the best in others. And not only will it bring out the best in others when you believe this with them about them, but it's going to bring out the best in you. You're going to find that you like yourself better when you choose to believe the best in other people because the way you communicate, the way you treat people, your thought process, all of that is going to change and it's going to lead to positive change if you on purpose cultivate the value of believing the best in others. It's also important to remember in communication that communication is about listening and speaking. So as you are working at growing in your speaking skills and your observation skills and your own, you know, personal skills in terms of what you're communicating non-verbally, it's really important that you are also growing in your listening skills. It is extremely important that you remember that communication is about listening just as much if not more than actually speaking. Listening requires you to be present in the moment so that you're actually not too distracted to be taking in what someone else is saying. Listening also requires you to ask questions and not just yes and no questions, but open-ended questions so that you're actually drawing somebody out. My husband is so amazing at asking these types of questions, at being patient in the process, at drawing me out. You know, he is so good at this that it like is annoying to me sometimes <laughs> because he will ask me questions and it causes me to have to think and process. And it's always helpful to me, but sometimes I just don't want to have to think or process, right? But when he does this, it unlocks things inside of me and it grows our connection and it helps me so tremendously much. And so I have spent a lot of my life just saying, oh, well, he's good at that. Like this is how he's wired or blah, blah, blah. Instead of proactively growing in this skill myself, which is now something that I'm trying to change. But it isn't just a natural talent being able to draw people out. It's actually choosing to value someone enough and to be patient enough with the process that you're fully present and that you're asking questions and that you are you are being an engaged listener who is a safe place for somebody and is drawing them out. 
So communication is just as much listening as it is communicating, if not more listening than it is actually speaking. And then the last practical tip that I want to share with you today that might not seem like it has very much to do with communication, but it is actually so important is to have the skills of Elsa (laughs) to let it go. Okay. I don't really think that she displayed these skills (laughs) in her life, but you know, the famous song, which I will, you know, do you a favor and not try to sing for you right now. Although maybe it's going through your head. So you're welcome for that. But learning to let it go in communication is actually really important because communication is never helped by beating the dead horse over and over and over again. It's not going to be helpful to you. It's not going to be helpful to anybody else. Not everything needs to be communicated about and some things you need to learn to communicate about them and then leave it there. Remember, love covers a multitude of sins. It says that in 1 Peter 4, 8, and we need to be people who cover others, not people that have to communicate about everything that need to be heard all the time, that need our opinions to always feel like they matter. Like We need to be thinking about other people. We need to be putting other people's interests in front of ours. We need to be covering people with love. Like it's important for us to be vulnerable. It's important for us to feel heard and all of those things in our relationships and in communication. But it is also important to learn to let things go for the sake of relationship, for the sake of another person, to not treat ourselves as being the most important. You know, scripture is very clear about how Jesus lived and that he who was God, (laughs) emptied himself and served other people. And scripture is equally clear that that's how we're supposed to live too. Now, obviously, there are much greater implications about that than just the way we communicate, but it would be a mistake if we didn't also apply that to our communication as well. When we use our communication to serve other people as a benefit to our relationships in a way to love, actively love people around us. It's amazing how much much value our communication can add, not just to our lives, but the lives of people around us. So that is my time for today. Hopefully you got a nugget or two that you can gleam something of value that you can apply to your life that will bring greater joy and peace and just practical help into your communication world. So I'm going to end this podcast actually just by praying for you because God is the ultimate communicator. I'm going to just ask him to bless this area for you. So So, Father, I just thank you for each person listening, and I just ask that you would be giving grace to them, that you would be um, helping them, that you'd be comforting them (laughs) through the discomfort of growing, Lord, that you would be giving them courage, and you would be giving them wisdom, that everyone that is listening to this, Father, would see enhanced intimacy and connection in their relationships, and also that you would use them to communicate your love and your reality of your presence, even to people they don't know. So I just thank you, Father, and I just ask that you would bless them 
and that your communication with them would increase as well, that they would that they would hear your voice in new ways, that they would feel a greater sense of connection to you, that there would be the understanding of their hearts would grow. So I just, I thank you, Father, that you're the master communicator and, and just ask that you would give us grace and you would give us skill in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for joining me this week. I so appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this series and I look forward to having you with me next week. Um, in the meantime, you can always find me on social media or at NicoleVanGelder.com and joyfulhome.org.